0: hi right, so welcome back to the channel today everyone i'm your host sarah higdon and this is to freedom so first of all i was going to launch into my my first story was going to be the uh months for liberty summit however if you don't know my i've been doing a lot of um I guess, lobbying across the country. I've been working with legislators across the country to get some of these bills passed to protect our kids. Um, If you know, I helped get one of the the bills passed here in Georgia, it was SB 240, um, which banned the use of cross-sex hormones and surgeries on minors. But one of the other big one, actually three of the other ones are in Louisiana. So, there's two bills in Louisiana. One I actually consulted on last year to help make sure, you know, almost write, I didn't write the bill, but I helped after the bill was written just to add some clarity to it. That bill basically says that a school has to, um, they have to get parental permission before they you know use a child's new name and pronouns so it's basically a forcing mechanism to you know um, for schools to tell parents when they're when children are having gender identity issues the other thing it does is it makes sure that um, schools do not deviate when it comes to curriculum um, they don't deviate from state um, what is it from the state standards, you know, so the state says the standards, they can't deviate from that standard. Um, and that's again, so that we don't, we're not teaching, you know, gender ideology in these schools because it's not approved off on, uh, by, you know, by the state. So the other bill, and this is the one that was the really big one from, obviously they're all big, but it's, the ones that are banning um the ones that are banning care i'm not gonna actually i'm gonna i'm not gonna say care the ones that are banning sex changes for minors so you know puberty blockers um cross-sex hormones and surgeries for minors those are the big ones to me those are the ones that are the most important to me i guess if i if i put them out there now i didn't work on this bill when it was being written, but I do support um, one of the bills, uh, the bill that's, I think it's, don't quote me on this, I think it's 468. Um, And I've been trying to, you know, again, still push with legislators. So what happened? The bill passed. It passed the Senate, passed the House, and it passed with veto-approved majorities. My concern has always been, we know that the Louisiana governor was going to veto those bills, and he eventually did. So uh, Governor John Bell Edwards vetoed all of the bills, that um, all three that I've been working on. The problem is, and this is my concern, is that a lot of these legislators voted yes on these bills knowing that the governor was going to veto them. So that they didn't, they didn't, they weren't the ones that were going to be, you know, holding up these bills. And if you remember that, the one to ban cross-sex hormones or ban, you know, sex changes, that one got killed in committee. And then after committee, it, like they had to do some maneuvering to even bring it to the floor for a vote. Uh, so they had to like, you know pull it from that committee and put it into another committee that they sent it to the floor. And that would pass well within a veto proof majority in the Senate. Well, again, so the governor vetoed these bills and now um, my concern now is that they won't pass in a, uh, in the veto uh, when, when they, when they bring it up for a veto override vote. Now, I don't know if this is true. I just got this literally you can see 30 minutes before um, before the stream. I just saw it. I don't I, I have not confirmed its accuracy. So take this as you will. But apparently, allegedly, Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards is threatening to take away funding for this bridge if the legislators override his vetoes on child sex changes. Again, I am waiting confirmation right now. I just talked to um, my contact in Louisiana. We're waiting confirmation. So we're, we're going to see if, if this is true. Um, and hopefully we'll have an answer by the end of the show. But let me just talk about what this means. So this means that, oh, hey, Um, Katrina VR is actually on the rumble chat and um, that's who's obviously who sent this to me. So what this means is that the, that the governor is willing to sacrifice the safety of every person that drives on this bridge in order to be able to harm children in Louisiana via, you know, sex change operations and, 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 and all and the like this is so yeah 648 so it is it's six four eight so i want you to know like if you live in louisiana i don't know who um and if you live in louisiana call your legislatures today or actually tomorrow because they'll actually they won't be there tomorrow tomorrow fourth of july call them this week okay Let them know that you support this override. Okay, so that's the main bridge between Shreveport and Boise City. And actually, I know where Shreveport is. That's the third biggest metro in the state. Actually, that's um, not far from Fort Polk, Louisiana, where the military trains, um, where the Joint Readiness Training Center is, too. So, I could see there being a lot of issues. So, there's a lot of traffic issues on that bridge. Okay. Call your legislatures if you're in Louisiana. Let them know that you support this override and also let them know that, you know, that in order for them to, um, not go into session again, not come back to session, they have to opt out. What that means, a veto override session is automatically um, initiated the moment that the governor vetoes a bill. It takes the legislature to, it takes the legislature to actually opt out. So they have to say that it's, so if, if they don't go into a override vote, uh, procedure, that means your legislature opted not to, which means that they probably would have passed this bill in the first place, um, or they probably wouldn't have passed this bill in the first place, but they only voted for it because they knew the governor was going to veto it. So make sure um, you, you contact your, your representatives. And again, I will get verification on this right now. I've talked to, um, yeah, I'm talking to my inside contacts within the uh, Louisiana government. So we're going we're gonna to figure this out. Um, and hopefully I have the answer to you by the end of the show. But yes, thank you for, uh, for sending me and bringing this to my attention. And whatever happens here, um, I, this isn't going to be the last time that I talk about it on this show. Just everybody knows that. But on with our show. Uh, um,
1: so, oh, let me see, pull up.
0: All right, so Moms for Liberty, if it actually pulls up,
2: okay, there we go,
0: still trying to pull it up, so here we go, all right, so if you didn't know, the Moms for Liberty Summit was held this weekend in um Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, if you don't know, Philadelphia has gone so downhill. I just saw a picture. I I was because if you remember, I was there a few months ago. Me and Chloe Cole did an event there and Antifa shut the venue, the original venue that we had down. Thankfully, a church in North Philly stepped up and hosted us anyways, and so we were able to get our event moving. But Moms for Liberty, they held their event at the the Marriott, as well as um the uh was it the Center for the American Revolution, I believe, Museum for the American Revolution. Yeah, so in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and what's interesting um so my boss you guys know libby emmons she was on the show um about a month ago maybe she was um on hand she was covering it um and so it's really interesting i want to play you this clip because she's asking these these two ladies that are protesting and they're protesting outside and i do want to note that and I'll, i'll talk about this a little bit later like the protests there were vile. They were what you would expect. I think they were, they were quite vile. But, but here is what these two ladies had to say when they were talking about why that they were protesting. Let me see. My computer is really acting up. We have a storm.
3: I'm here at at Moms for Liberty. I'm outside the convention. There's been a lot of protesters out. I caught up with two moms, uh, one of whom is a grandmom, to hear what they are protesting. Can you tell me a little about about what you're
4: protesting today? I'm protesting the Moms for Liberty group even being here at the Marriott. I was protesting last night when they were down at the Museum for the American Revolution, because it, gives, the, it gives, the, gives them credibility when they're actually a hate group supporting divisiveness, supporting banning books, supporting harm to trans children or gays and lesbians. And I'm here to protest that.
2: How about you? What are you protesting today? Well, I've been hearing more and more about Moms for Liberty, and I think it's very scary given the state of our country right now that they are a growing right-wing group and they've been named that. And, you know, we have to do all we can to protect democracy and they're doing everything that's the opposite. You know, they're anti-gay, anti-trans, banning books that are so important for young people to have in their schools. They're going on school boards, even in it, trying to go to school board meetings, even where they're not members of that community And I really think it's awful that they're here in Philadelphia and that they were able to come here. And um, they're not about anything that we need right now in the United States.
3: Did you see where some state legislatures were trying
2: to have the American Museum of Revolution kick out the conference? Yeah, I did see that. And I think they should have, honestly. I heard that a lot of the workers there were
4: also against them being there. What are some of the books? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, think, I think the reason they shouldn't have had them um, have their welcome meeting at the museum is it gives them credibility and they're a hate group, and hate groups should not be supported in any venue.
3: What are some of the books that they're banning that you think should be in schools? I don't
4: know. <laughs> I don't know any of the titles, but I know there was one book I was reading about. I'm not good at recalling names at this stage. But there's one that where there was just a mention at the very end of the book uh, that Johnny has is in a family with two moms or Sam has a family with two dads. And because of that one line, they wanted the whole book banned. And they, they did ban it. And I think I think that's what's now you've got children in those classrooms who will have two moms or two dads. And now they don't get to see themselves represented at all in any of the books that they get to read in that school. And I think that's what's wrong.
2: Okay. Thanks so much. Do you have anything yeah. to add? or? You know, they're also pointing at books with um, people of color in the text. And that's just so wrong. That's discriminatory. Children, like Martha just said, need to see all kinds of people and read everything.
3: Great. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank
3: you.
0: So, yes, Miss Andrea, you are absolutely correct. It's nice to see the NPC software updates in real time. See, this is the issue with... Um, this is the biggest issue when it comes to like how people perceive information. Like These people have no idea what they're talking about. You're absolutely right, Courtney. They have no idea what they're even doing there, yet they are... They're espousing these views like they're just, like, facts. Like, Moms for Liberty is a hate group, they say. A hate group. Anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-all this stuff. It's really funny way that they show it, though, because, um, you know, they're... They follow me on Twitter, um... Tiffany follows me on Twitter, which is one of the co-founders. I've had great conversations. Um, I love um, Catalina, who is one of their directors, uh, one of their directors of operations. I don't know exactly what her title is off the top of my head, but Catalina Stube. Um, and, And actually you're going to see people that you may recognize on here, but that's the thing is they are just listening. And this is, I actually had somebody at an event recently when I, talked about like where I work. Um, They looked up one of my, one of my colleagues, I'm not going to say who it is, um, but it's one of the big name colleagues that works with us. And they saw that he, he was listed as a, a far right influencer, according to the Southern poverty law center. And so he just like looked at that, after Googling it and being like, oh, yeah, so you, like, question, like, I'm like, so you don't want to do any other research in who this is. You just literally made up your mind, and you're going to believe that. This is where this also goes wrong, though. So there's a lot of people that do this, that they, they listen to the media, they listen to, you know, their echo chambers, and they start to believe stuff. And it was recently, and God, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, the female anchor on The Young Turks, I think I talked about this before on the show. She has, God, what? is it, mm, it's going to drive me crazy now. No, so she has started to change, her views a little bit Um, and she said it was really, it was the Kyle Rittenhouse situation that changed the way that she viewed things where the media was saying all this stuff, or she was so which, and she's absolutely correct in the way that she put this on an interview that I just saw the other day with her. She said the media doesn't necessarily lie They just, yes, Anna Kasparian, thank you so much. Um, The the media doesn't necessarily lie. They omit things that make it seem, you know, what it's not. For example, anytime you see a, like, five-second clip with no context on Twitter, there's probably some nefarious reason for it. Um which happened last week with Roseanne with, with Roseanne. If you, if you didn't see Roseanne was, um, I think, and I think, Anna. well, so Roseanne said something that was completely tongue in cheek. And if you listen to the full conversation, you could, you could understand how she was saying it. And it was about, I mean, she's Jewish and she was talking about Nazis and, you know, Holocaust denial, but she really wasn't because if you know, the context of the whole argument, she wasn't saying anything like that, right? She was actually she was actually saying the exact opposite of what her, the words that were coming out of her mouth because of the context that it was put in. So she was actually saying, she was literally saying the Holocaust was real and that many Jews were murdered in the Holocaust and, and all this stuff. So like just context matters so much. And, you know, so when the media does it, but yes, so Anna Kasparian, she, I think she is moving the way of somebody like Bill Maher. So Bill Maher has called out his own side um, when need be, when when things are kind of getting ridiculous. And that's always appreciated. Those are the types of people that we can have conversation with. Um, but I do want to move on because um, I have a lot of videos on this. So... But knows i have a, a lot of so there's more videos from this because i want to want you to see what kind of happened at this event so the first video let me see share this tab instead all right
3: liberty today so
0: if you don't know who nicole is i love nicole she's at the Moms for liberty event um she works with uh, it's nicole Sellis with the Independent Women's Network. Um, I did an event, she brought me up to Rhode Island to do an event last fall. And I absolutely adore her. And so her story is kind of crazy. And so um, I'm glad Libby actually uh, got an interview with her. So here's what she had to say.
3: I'm here at Moms for Liberty with Nicole Solis from Rhode Island, who's with IWF. Can you tell me a little bit about
5: what brought you to Moms for Liberty today? Um, Yeah, so I am a mother who was sued by the Teachers Union because I submitted public records requests to get information about public education. And before that, I was just a normal mom. I wasn't involved in politics or anything. And I just wanted to know what my kids would learn in school. And next thing you know, the Teachers Union sued me because they don't want moms to know what their kids are learning in school. So now I've met wonderful people at Independent Women's Forum, where I'm now a senior fellow. And I'm here at Moms for Liberty to support other organizations of moms that are fighting indoctrination in public schools just like me.
3: I've talked to a lot of protesters who are upset with moms for liberty over alleged book bans. And I know you have spoken out against some of the really graphic books that have been in schools. What would you say to those protesters who are claiming that Moms for Liberty and the book, you know, this alleged book ban is anti-gay,
5: anti-black, and all of that? Well, I would love to show them the pictures of pornography that is in school for children because I just can't imagine that a grandmother would support her grandchildren looking at pictures of sex acts with children, sometimes children performing these sex acts. And I think that unfortunately, they just don't have the facts and they don't understand that school libraries curate books. They are allowed to not have pornography in school. And it is not a book ban because you can get the books anywhere else in America. If you really want to show your children a blowjob, can I say that on your show? Okay. Um, You can go buy the book yourself, Uh, but it should not be tax funded. And mothers and parents and taxpayers all have a right to object to pornography in school. And this is not an extreme position. The extreme position is that we must give our children pornography or else you're a book banner. That is absolutely absurd. Where
3: do you think that these protesters are getting the idea that the books that are being asked to be removed from curriculum are actually wholesome and good books?
5: Um, they're getting it from propagandized media that says that if you disagree with pornography in school that you are somehow anti-LGBT or a bigot. There's plenty of pornography in these schools that is also heterosexual, however, the vast majority is from the LGBT um, you know, content area. And they're saying that, oh, you have to be looking at pornography in order to understand how LGBT people um, like have romantic relationships. But really what's going on is they're they're dehumanizing kids who are going to grow up to be gay because you're, you're essentially telling them that you should be looking at pornography because you need that. And every child should be treated with respect. They should not be exposed to pornography in school. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. And unfortunately, they're being told the opposite, that for some reason these kids need sexualized material, or else, um, you know, they're not going to feel safe in school. I mean, it's very hard to sort of wrap my head around what exactly their argument is, because at the end of the day, it's pornography that parents don't want in school. And it's unfortunate that the media can't even show these pictures that are in school books of sex acts for kids to see and even, you know, bring home to their younger siblings who will ultimately end up being traumatized by this pornography as well.
3: Thanks so much, Nicole. I appreciate it.
5: Thank you.
0: Yeah. So like I said, um, and actually it's interesting. Yeah. She nailed it. Um, It's, they're not, it's not homosexual stuff. And yes, she is homeschooling her teenager. It's, she's great. Like I said, I love Nicole. So homophobic, right. That she would bring a trans person, a bisexual trans person um, up, to rhode island to hang out with her for a couple days and and maybe give a speech so homophobic um and it's exactly what we just said it's the media people aren't actually looking to see what's in these books the media can't show what's in these books that's one of the things is it's like what we talked about with blair white a couple weeks ago like blair was her video on youtube i can't show this stuff on youtube like one of the first times um, I was actually talking about, again, going back to Louisiana, I was talking about a library in Louisiana, one of the first reels I ever did for Gays Against Groomers. The library in Louisiana couldn't even, um, like, I couldn't show the pictures from the books on YouTube or else I would get banned. I There was no way. Um, because they're so graphic. And, like, I said at the time the same thing, like, in, that, in the, one of the books, I think it was called Let's Talk About Sex. And it was basically an instruction manual. And it had straight sex in there too. Um, and so it's not about gay or straight or any of that stuff. It's about showing stuff. And she nailed it when she said this isn't a book ban. We're not trying to ban books. We're just trying to remove it from children having access to it. Like, you could still go on Amazon and buy all these books. Like, nobody is asking for... You know, if you're a parent and you want your kids to learn all this stuff, then that's on you. Go buy the book and let them see it. But not where it's within easy reach of a child so that they can then, again, hide it from a parent. Um, so, Evan... Evan Wells asks, has anyone consolidated all these book titles? Um, I don't know. Um, I want to say, actually, that's gonna, I'm gonna go on to the, uh, the Monster for Liberty website. Maybe I'll do that right now. So if I go on to the Monster for Liberty website, they might have consolidated a list, um, no left turn in education may have consolidated a list. I know that there is a lot of, there are some lists out there. Let's see. Um, actually. No, Moms for Liberty has a website. Why can't I see find it?
2: So
0: this is interesting. So it had to verify my connection before it would even let me onto this website. That's weird. Okay. So let's see. So it's just Mobs for Liberty dot oh, it's for Liberty dot org. So I typed it in got com, but let me see. Um do warrior's packet maybe? Um no, this looks like videos. Okay, not there. For parents, there's a social emotional learning guide that would be useful. That's that's a good one. That's useful. Um, I don't see anything on here. Let me see. Well, I'm trying to find that. I'm going to play some more stuff because, again, I love Nicole. Nicole's amazing. Um, but she nails it. She nailed exactly what um, what's going on in schools right now. Now, another person that I um, am mutual follows with on Twitter as well. Libby caught up with um, Megan Brock. So here's what they talked about. Oh, long screen.
3: people what do you have to say to the people who are protesting it was great to run into my twitter friend how's the conference so how's the conference so far it's
6: awesome lots of great people lots of great moms lots of normal people It's great yeah lots of
3: normal people what do you have to say to the people who are protesting outside right now
6: i mean it's their right to protest i think it's silly i think i hope that no one um tries to escalate any violence and just yeah, keeps your, them peaceful i mean I, this is a great group of people it's a bunch of moms who drive minivans and care about their kids education i guess if that's extremism in extremism i mean it's it's just funny i think it's i'm at the point where i just think it's kind of funny.
3: So uh, almost every presidential candidate is here this weekend. What do you think drew them to this conference? Why do you think they want to talk to all these moms?
6: I think that parental rights are a really big issue right now. I think during COVID, I know for myself, I live right outside of Philadelphia in the suburbs, and we saw in 2021 that the school board elections not only impacted our school boards, but they actually drove the countywide elections. So I think that politicians understand that there is this movement with parents, that parents are involved and in a way that maybe previous generations parents weren't involved and everyone is excited and that 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 energy can really drive i think big elections not just small ones. Great, thanks.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean that's that's why I, the or, everybody that I've worked with within these organizations has been just amazing and she's right. There's just a lot of these people never wanted to be activists and what changed that was COVID. COVID really woke a lot of people up to what their kids were learning in schools because they heard their teacher saying some of this stuff. Um, So it is. So yes, I did actually find a list. So you can find this list actually on um, no left turn, no left turn in education. If you go to their website, which is um, no left there is a section under Be Informed, under Exposing Indoctrination, where it talks, it has a list of organizations and woke school, school staff and boards. Um, and then there's this list of books, right? So they create a rating system, and so you can go down and you can see. Some of these books. Now, you got to remember, a lot of these books were um, from when Critical Race Theory was being taught in schools. But even American Psycho is on the list. Um, but this is kind of the list to kind of start looking out for. Now, like I said, some of these have like one out of five ratings, which really doesn't... Like the, one out of five doesn't really move the needle. It's the you're going to be wanting to look for like the five out of fives. So they got these ratings. Yeah. So let me see. I don't know what trauma cleaner is, but it doesn't sound good. It says one woman's extraordinary life in the business of death, decay and disaster. Yeah. I can see that why that might be a five. Um, him is a five, so I'm guessing there's probably some sex or something in there. I would just have to look at some of these, but, like, you know, like, when you get down into it, like, the pronoun book. Actually, where where, where did that go? The pronoun book is only listed as a one out of five. Crazy, but okay. The Nazi book is a two out of five. Um... Trans is a 3 out of 5. Trans Plus is a 3 out of 5. So yeah, just go out here, check it out. Um, (laughs) The Black Lives Matter movement. Like, why would kids need to know about the Black Lives Matter movement? It just doesn't make sense. But, um, moving on to the next. Um, So... there you go. I mean, just go to No Left Turn in Education. You can find that list as part of their resources. Um, surprise again, yeah. Like Moms for Liberty doesn't have it posted on their website, but um, it is a good idea. I think. Um, Ooh, here we go.
3: Okay. I'm here, Moms for Liberty, with Nicole Solis from Rhode Island, who's with IWF. I'm to
0: go to another friend of mine. Um, so this is, um, Scarlett Johnson actually talking about, so Scarlett, Scarlett Johnson talking about actually the hate that they received when they left the, uh, the venue the day before. So that's the thing is they were getting harassed as they left the venue with some of the worst stuff. And I'm going to show a lot of that too. So here we go.
1: After a really fun long day um, in Philadelphia at the Moms for Liberty 2023 summit, everyone leaving was getting yelled at and harassed. They had bullhorns. They were screaming all sorts of obscenities, saying, We hate you. You need to leave. Philly is a trans city. We don't want you. You don't belong here. They were wishing that wishing that everyone would die. We talked to some of the police officers and they they said, We're watching. It's okay. You can go out to the Uber. As we started to walk out, they they swarmed us, they tried to separate us, they were going in between us. They had bullhorns, they had cameras out, they were telling us they were going to make us famous, that everyone was going to know who the fascists were, who the Nazis were. Then it went fast from there. Um, we, we like got into the car and they were yelling but they surrounded the car. I heard they were trying to black the our driver from leaving momentarily and he has his cam they're following us out they surround the car and then they scurry after
0: so i met nicole or i met scarlet i mean i met scarlet when i was um i did an event in wisconsin um with no left i did it was not actually no left turn i think was part of it um but it was parents on patrol um and scarlet is a member and runs the Monster Liberty chapter out there in Wisconsin. Um and so she's just another mom activist who has welcomed me with open arms. So again, I'm just glad that Libby has linked up with these people. The only thing that I am mad about and I told Scarlett this is that they didn't invite me to come. Um and she said they should have. But so next year, Catalina, Scarlett, Tiffany, bring me out. I would love to come and and show these people that it's not transphobic. Like y'all are not transphobic, and we all know this. Um, but um, yeah, I, I say that in jest. But I was actually uh, I was watching all these videos that Libby was posting and writing them up, and I was like, I was feeling a little, you know, FOMO because I wasn't there, and it looked like a great event. I was I was excited. I could have covered it as well. But here is actually Scarlett. Posted as well. So this is what she posted. Like this is what they were doing. Yeah,
2: we're good. Yeah, we're good.
0: And this is another group getting yelled at as they lead the venue. Is this nothing for your movement? Because what do you actually think something like this does for your movement? does nothing. It hurts your cause. Like when you act like this towards moms— I mean,
6: the run, sweetest moms right in the
0: world—that's this is how you're treating them. It's just despicable, and I hate these people. Here's another angle of that same one. <laughs> Again, it's so despicable. Now, this is a great contrast right here because you see what's happening outside the venue. And actually you heard those um the two that Libby interviewed, where they heard that they that some of the uh, the staff that was working there um, didn't want them there and they didn't want to serve them and all that stuff, but they were forced to serve them, right? Which obviously those people are for cancelization, they're for deplatforming, they're for si- silencing, they're not for freedom of speech, right? But here we go. This is the contrast. You see this happening, and then you see what's happening in the venue. They are thanking the staff. The staff got to standing ovation in another video. That I saw. So they're thanking the staff. Like, this is what, this is the contrast, right? And I think this is, a bunch of classy ladies are getting yelled at as they leave this summit. It's just, it doesn't do your cause any good. I don't know why you think that it would. So this was posted by Megan, so, yeah. Um, let me see. So that's all I have to talk about with that. I, I used almost the entire hour. So we, we, we are going to go over it. So if you guys can't stick around. That'll be okay. That's okay. But we, I do want to talk about some other stuff. Okay. I could have talked about that this whole show and been fine with it, but Now it's time we talk about the Constitution for a second. I mean, tomorrow is the 4th of July, and I forgot to off the top of the hour wish everybody a happy 4th of July. And now we're going to talk about, again, the Constitution. And obviously, everything's a little bit, everything is a little more um, liberty focused in this stream tonight. Because of, uh, you know, it's 4th of July. Why not? Liberty focus. Yes. Okay. First case. So if you have been living under a rock, then to bring you up to speed, the Supreme Court ruled on three controversial rulings on Friday. They shouldn't be controversial, but they are. Now, the first one, affirmative action in college admissions. So they ruled that you cannot use race as a legal basis to discriminate um, and admit students to school. So what happened here is, um, so they, they took Harvard, actually it was two cases, two separate cases, but they they talked about it because the way that the emissions process works is that it's not based on fairness. It's based they they weight skin color, and that would be discriminatory based on the equal protection clause under the Fourteenth Amendment, which says that you cannot discriminate. Like everybody has to have equal rights, and so everything should be equal when. Um, you can't discriminate based on race so you can't discriminate against asians or white people either when it comes to admissions into uh, schools and so harvard was one of them and so the ruling was interesting because um it did um it showed what Harvard's admissions policies were. And that was actually the tweet that another tweet that I had right above this. So when you look at Harvard's admissions policy, so if you see the academic docile um, is over here on the left. And when you look at it, you say, so a 10 is a very high performing individual right they're like the top of their class they're everything matches up so basically if you have a you know a 4.0 or above i didn't go to a school where they gave above but um and you had like a very like top like one percent um sat or act scores like this is what they looked at that's the top docile and then it goes down by basically what your performance would be so, if you were within the top docile, you had a 15.3% chance of getting admitted to Harvard. Or, you, or, they, descri- or they said that only 15% of those would be admitted to Harvard. If you, see, this is where people get confused. If you are Asian, you only have a 12.7%. That is the lowest of all. So, Asians actually have a harder time getting into universities than white students. African Americans, it's if you're in the top decile, fifty-six percent, and Hispanics is thirty-one point three percent. Now, think what's really interesting. So, go down to the fourth decile. If you're if you're Asian, you are pretty much no chance of getting in. 09 percent, right? Whereas an African-American in the fourth docile has a better chance of getting into Harvard than an Asian-American in the 10th docile. And actually, when you look at it too, a Hispanic in the 6th docile has a better, better chance of getting into Harvard than an Asian-American in the top docile. And so I, I saw somebody tweeted back at me when I put this out there. And they were like, well, if you actually look at Harvard's admissions and stuff like that, well, here's, here's the issue. When Harvard puts out their admissions, yes, more white people get into Harvard than any other race. But there's a higher population of white people. I mean, white people are the highest population in the U.S. And so when you actually look at the admissions rate, it's a little bit skewed um, off that fact you know, based off of population size. But here's the thing. I keep hearing, and there was a, um, I wrote an article yesterday because, you know, the Obamas were tweeting. Yes, absolutely discrimination based on race. Right. So I got a, um, I wrote an article yesterday as well that showed the Obama's were tweet. were like rage tweeting about this, this yesterday because it was discrimination. Like they, 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 you know, but Michelle Obama in her, in her, it was joy Reed said this as well in her first semester, you know, people would say that I only got there because of my skin color and that was wrong. And so, what you're advising, but that's only because of the policies that you're advocating for. If you have a fair system across the board and everybody's on an equal playing field based on high performance, then it should be no issues. And we can talk about legacy. Um, That's one of the things that a lot of things that people bring up is, is legacy admissions. Legacy admissions should be done away with as well. Because then you're just, you're not, like these schools, if they're a private institution, they can do what they want, but they can't discriminate based on race. Um, but legacy admissions means that, you know, if your parents bought the football stadium, they they will ha- hold you to a higher regard than anybody else. Those might be, those are an issue. If, you, if you're if you talking about discrimination in genera- generalities, but... Um, I agree, but that's not what this was, was, was intended to get rid of. So again, a public university should not be allowed to do that. Private universities don't go there, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. This this is what I mean. Legacy admissions is a farce because You know, just because your parents are successful doesn't mean you will be, um, which is what's, um, and actually I would uh, tend to say, and depends on, I mean, it's not accurate. A lot of times it's the opposite because when children are given so much by their parents, they don't generally strive to succeed, um, past you know that they, they they feel like they're in their parents shadow sometimes so you know you you have a lot of different people there's always i mean and so you just you just don't know how I, how somebody's going to perform it and honestly legacy admissions are dumb and this was actually there is legal precedence to stop legacy admissions right remember um remember the oh it was when all those celebrities, I forget what the scandal's name was, but it was when all those celebrities basically paid the university to have their children admitted when they weren't qualified to be admitted. Like the one um, person from Full House got caught up in this, and there was a lot of that. Um, the, 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 and so, like, they there was, there was, it was like this big scheme, the college admission scheme, where the, like all these celebrities and rich people were paying for their kids to get admitted to schools because they were like, pay for they would you know pay a higher amount for them to get admitted to the school and they would put their kids on like a scholarship or they would put them yeah they would they would say they got admitted because of their um, athletic ability even though they like they weren't on the volleyball team but they said that they were on the volleyball team and all this stuff it was a huge farce and they got prosecuted for it um, so there is legal precedent that if anybody wanted to go after legacy admission, that could be legal precedent for it. But again, a lot of these schools are also um they're private. So um that's not it's not gonna work if the school's private. But they can't discriminate based on race. And that's kind of what these these stuff this stuff does. Now Moving on to the next one, which kind of leads back into that one, though. Let me see. Um, i trying to remember what I have. Yes, Lori Loffman, Felicity Huffman, and William H. Macy's kids got, um, they were all wrapped up in that. And they all got charged for it, too. So, Now let's talk about the Christian web designers. So, this case again, six to three split. It's the same conservative judges that are doing this. Now, this was a case of a Christian web designer that says she couldn't host gay weddings on her site. Like she couldn't design the weddings for the like she couldn't design the websites for these. Um, LGBT weddings, and it's kind of it was basically the uh, the cake baker situation all over again, um, where they wanted her to, you know, use her creative skills to create these designs for their for their wedding, but she's a Christian, doesn't believe in gay marriage, so she decided not to. It's a complete violation of her first amendment rights look and it's, it's really funny watching a lot of the lefties melt down on Twitter because they say they're all like, well, now I can just go and discriminate against people and I'll start my business and you know, no conservatives allowed. And it's kind of like, okay. And like, that's the point it's, the point like any private business should be able to deny service for whatever reason they say fit i don't know why anyone would want to force a business to take their money that doesn't want it why would as a trans person let me ask you this and i don't know her background So I don't know if it's, again, I just know that she's a Christian baker or she's a Christian designer. I think an atheist should get that same decision. I think anybody should get the same decision. Um, Yeah. Brad, Brad said, Brad wrote an article about this and I've seen a lot of libertarians and conservatives like, yes, you can discriminate. It's your private business. I believe fully in private property rights. So leftists are kind of like, I'll just create this business. Like, yeah. So, okay. I don't want to go to your business. If you, if you do this, right. As a trans person, if, if your business does not want my money, you don't want to pull, like you don't have the same values as me. I I want to know. So I'm not, this is not directed at her because again, I have a lot of Christians who I know and respect me, but they disagree with gay marriage. Um, they, there's Christians out there that, you know, they say because of their faith that they don't feel comfortable using like she, her pronouns for me. And I say, that's absolutely fine. Like, if you want to respect me, you can just use my name and that's absolutely fine. I I don't worry about that stuff because they asked me. Um, but if you, I mean, if you're a bigot, so again, people always ask about race. If you are a bigot. If you're a racist, I personally do not want to give you my money. I don't want you to hide the fact that you're a racist. I don't want you to be, to force you to hide the fact that you're a racist so that you take my money. I want to know who the racists are, so that I don't go support them. Period. Like I don't. I, I. It's it's free speech. This is the same thing with free speech. You bring bad ideas to light, and it's the best disinfectant for it. So I don't want to support your business if you don't want me there. I don't want to support your business if you don't have the same values as I have. Period. This is why I use the free market solution for just about anything because a private property owner has the right to do with their property as they please. This goes for websites, this goes for everything else. I can talk about this even when it comes to like the trans issue. I have, there is a person who is creating a female app that it's all for, it's for females only no trans people allowed on this app. It has facial recognition software will not allow trans people. She's being sued because it's discriminatory. I'm going to put that in quotes. It's discriminatory against trans people It's discriminatory against males. I believe she has every right to do that. And I'm not going to try to force her to allow me to use her app and then take my money. Not going to do it. She has every right as a private property owner to do that. It's the same with the, uh, you know, gyms that are female only. There's female only gyms across the country that they exclude trans people. That's fine. Don't care. Don't care. I just won't go there. I don't want to force you to take my money. Why Why would I force you to take my money? Like, you don't like me. I don't want to support you. Well, it's easy to say, but it's more complicated when you bring soldiers to integrate schools and black men who have nowhere to get groceries. Do you think that in 2023... That there are that many racists out there that would deny anybody, you know, the chance to get groceries, schools. And this is also a difference between private property and public property, okay? Public schools are very, very different when it comes to this matter because it's paid for with our tax dollars. It's not a private—it's not a private property matter when it's a pub, when it's when it's a government facility. That's why I talk about the bathroom issue. I always say that a business, a private business, has the right to make the has a right to choose, you know, the rules around their bathrooms when it comes to trans people. I believe that public property should all have third spaces, and that trans people should use those third spaces. Period. I disagree with this web designer, but she has a right to do it. I agree. Sarah, you don't need my money then. Exactly. I don't want to give you my money. It's kind of like what we did with Bud Light. It's the same thing as a boycott. Don't take my money. I don't care. I'll drink yangling Oh, I gotcha. So no talking about the civil rights basis for that too, but you're right. You know what? The thing is even, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong about this. Um, it wasn't private property that was actually segregating businesses. It was the government. It was government laws that segregated. It was Jim Crow laws that actually told white businesses that they cannot serve blacks and vice versa. Um, and so I believe it was government laws that forced that it's the same as California forcing self ID laws onto businesses. I disagree with that. I don't think that California should do that. And I don't think that, you know, Florida should step in the way and force private property owners to, um, not allow self ID. It's a private property, um, owner's discretion. Period. But you're right. All right. Now, what's Courtney says? uh, Yeah, state-by-state discrimination. That's what's going on right now. You're having state-by-state. You're having each state choose this stuff, and it should be down to the individual private property owner's rights. Like, you have the rights within your house, Private property goes all the way down to the individual. Like you own your body. So you have, you have a, like your body is your property and you have a right to do with it as you please. Same thing as your house. You own your house. You have a right to do with your house as you please. That is your private property the state is only infringing on your rights to private property when they force anything on it. So I'm not talking about HOAs. HOAs are the devil, but the the thing about HOAs is you sign into an HOA. It's kind of like a union. You, you, you sign into it. You, like you, you agree to be within an HOA, but I'm talking about like government zoning regulations on the property that you own. So you own farmland and they tell you, they tell you that you can't have cows. Well, you should be allowed to have cows. Like, why can't you like those types of things are, are infringements on your rights as private property owners with your house. Same thing with your business, It's your business. If you own it, then you can make the rules within that establishment. It's exactly, it's how everything should go. All right. But we will move on to the last Supreme Court announcement from this week. The Supreme Court decided that the Biden administration's student let debt uh, cancellation um, was unconstitutional. Okay. So he said, uh, so they basically said that the president actually, and through the secretary of education does not have the ability to give the $10,000 payments. What we know happened is the president signed this bill. He was buying votes and he knew this was unconstitutional in the first place. He bought votes in the last elect. He bought votes. um, I believe it was in the midterms. And that is how, that's why this, that's why they passed this. They never expected it to get past the Supreme Court. Um, We knew this is like, you can't just take other people's money and give it. And it's, you can't do it without passing through Congress, right? So Congress has to pass this stuff. You can't just like forgive student loans um, for that. Now, one of the things that he actually stated, which is completely wrong well, he, he he blamed Republicans for not passing a bill, um, or for this getting denied because because the Republicans had the gall to actually sue to not have their constituents uh, pay for other people's loans that they took out. And the problem is, is that government's completely responsible for the student loan program being the way it is. Student loans should be allowed to go through bankruptcy. And then, and, actually, and then you don't have to force companies to take these bad loans. Like you would see a change in the price of college. You would ch- see a change in the amount of student loans being taken out. You would see a complete flip of the system. Um, but right now the system set up to where universities can take advantage of this. The banks take advantage of this. Because the government will back these loans and you cannot uh, forgive this debt through bankruptcy. I think that's the way you go. Like you, you, you take that off and, and you see what happens and you allow the free market to work. So, biggest problem he did is say that, is try to compare it to the PPP, right? So, which was the uh, pandemic or payment payroll protection plan under the pandemic uh, loan program. So basically what it was is during the pandemic, they gave money to uh, small businesses so that they could keep their operation. Like they could still pay their employees during the pandemic so that people weren't going homeless. So it's, it's awful it's it's just like comparing it's comparing apples to oranges right you tell people they have to stay home or else they get you know fined or whatever you tell them they can't work tell businesses that they have to shut down because of the pandemic and then to in order to kind of meet so that they can make ends meet while you do that you give them money the easier solution would have not been to close the economy down in the first place, then you want to need the, then you want to need the PPP loans. So again, it was the closing down. It was the pandemic, like the whole reaction to the pandemic that caused the PPP loans. The people in businesses, they didn't choose to take out a loan from the government and you're just going to forgive it. You forced them to. Now, I don't agree with spending government money, but if the government forces you to shut your business down for a period of time, then you know what? They should probably make it right. And I'm not for, you know, increasing size of government spending. I wasn't for shutting the economy down though either. It's such a, it's such a blatant mis um, misdirection of what actually happened I'm telling you, I, I can't, I can't. And basically he announced that he's going to, the president announced that he is going to, he, he's moving ahead. He's going to do this on-ramp repayment program. So like you pay what you can, your interest is still going to accrue, but it's going to continue. It's going to go up. And if you miss a payment, then it's not going to hurt you. That's just going to put borrowers in an borrowers even worse place. Like this isn't going to pass. So it's just going to put borrowers in a worse place financially as things go on. But here we go. Because, I mean, think about on an $80,000 student loan. What is it? I don't even know what the percentages are because I don't have a student loan. But you, you pay uh, student loans and you're just going to accrue interest. So, I mean, you could have another forty, 000, fifty dollars $50,000 debt. Added on to it by the end of the year, and you think that's a good idea? I don't think so. I don't think that. I don't think you. Sh- I think that you should allow these people to go through bankruptcy. You know, absolve it in bankruptcy. That's, that's what bankruptcy is for. You know, but again, it's it's the Frank Dodd. It's it's was it Frank Dodd? They basically force these companies to accept these students and and um to promote these high risk loans, just like, no, it was, it was, it was Frank Dodd that forced mortgage lenders to give bad loans that led to the 2008 crashing crash of the housing market. The only difference here is that they can't forgive this. So the, you know, these student loan lenders are just like, okay, cool. But it's not, it's not good. Um, what was really interesting was this. Um, like I said earlier, we know that the president um, said, like, why he did it. He bought votes, and I said, why did you? One of the reporters actually asked him in the in it, and said, why did you give millions of borrowers false hope? You doubt. You've doubted your authority here in the past, which he has. He's literally said that he did not. And actually, they use Nancy Pelosi's words in the ruling, which she had said the president does not have the authority to do this. And then so when she, when they said, you've doubted your own authority here in the past, he said, I didn't give anybody false hope. It was the Republicans who snatched away that hope. No, no, no. You, you gave them false hope because you, you knew that this was unconstitutional. Yeah. So... But what's really interesting about this one? So this is this is kind of funny. So I I really I tweeted this out. I am really I'm scared for the state of you know law, like lawyers in our country, um, coming up because law schools across the country have melted down over. Basic fundamental rights. Like, so Boston University, their law school, they encourage students to seek therapy after these Supreme Court rulings that we just talked about. So they said, basically they told everybody that as a reminder, BU also offers a number of wellness resources that are willing and able to help students to navigate these times. In an email that talked about, the supreme court the supreme court rulings against race based administrations student loans and the christian web designer cases so basically they're like we know this can be hard for you so here's our resources you know go go seek out our resources if you can't deal with this even though you're a future lawyer And you should understand why these cases were settled the way that they were. This is, you know, kind of the basic of constitutional law, the basis of our system that you're learning in college. It should be pretty easy, right? But it's not the first time. I mean, this is what we started to see in the last year. So, if you remember, in March, Stanford Law School shouted down a Fifth Circuit, Fifth Circuit Court of a. Court of Appeals judge Kyle Duncan as he was talking about free speech and saying hate speech is free speech. And they shouted him down and actually the DEI coordinator there actually got, um, I believe got um, fired or suspended. I know that they at least got suspended at that time while an investigation was happening um, because of the event and the students that were involved in the shouting down actually had to go to, um, first amendment, like courses about, you know, why the first amendment matters and everything like that. And they, they, they did apologize to, uh, judge Duncan, but in October it was the, uh, James Ho from the, uh, same fifth fifth circuit court of appeals, who said that they would no longer hire from the Yale law firm after uh, for, because that everybody at the Yale, everybody, or everybody at Yale law school. Yale is a closed and intolerant environment. Um, And I forget what sparked that one. Oh, because um, over a hundred students attempted to shut down a bipartisan panel um on civil on civil liberties that includes uh people like drawn blanks tonight sorry um but it was a pretty bipartisan panel from what i saw on that yes exactly and this is exactly what i was talking about even earlier when it came to the uh, I prefer hate speech to be free because it allows a nasty person to show who they really are. It's the exact same thing I talked about earlier when I talked about private property rights. I, can, I fully agree. I support all of that. I support individual liberty. Um, I support private property rights. Um, but then in, in February of 2022, Georgetown Law Students demanded Professor Ilya Shapiro be fired after stating that nominees for the Supreme Court should be based on merit and not race. And think about this. Think about how racist people are when they think that, you know, minorities need special treatment in these areas to get admitted into schools. It's a racism of low expectations. Um, And I'm not going to talk too much about race, um, but that's really what it is. And when you see this stuff, it's like, We're not the ones being racist when we say that you should, it should be equal across the board. This is, that's what equity is about. This is what they don't like is because this erases their equity fire, you know, diversity hires and diversity admittance is what equity does. It doesn't make things equal because it's not equal outcomes for equal, um, equal achievement. So that is all for the Supreme Court, ruins. And the future of law does not look, it doesn't look great. But I've heard that this is kind of just the same thing that continues to happen as hopefully, you know, law schools and everything else. I mean, it was Stan. I think it was Stanford who put out the, the pronouns guides and using stuff to be more inclusive language and stuff like that. None of it really makes sense, but. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I see you've joined us over here on YouTube. But poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Quote, Joe Biden. So, so ridiculous. Yeah, I'm still going. Like I told you, we're going to go over tonight. I want to hit all these points. Um, I'm just going to do this last one real quick. um, Because it kind of goes back into even law again. Like I said. This is a night of liberty um, because it's the 4th of July. So, why not? But um, so, my home, I want to highlight this one because this is my home state. I, I'm from Michigan and still have a lot of family in Michigan if you followed me for a little period of time. Um, Michigan makes it a felony to use the wrong pronouns. So, this bill that they just passed in their house. Um, and it will probably pass because they own both, both the legislature and the executive branches. Everything. So disappointed in this, and I'm, yeah, I'm so glad I live in Georgia now. Just, just saying. But basically, the bill makes it um, a felony hate crime for somebody to make individual make an individual feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened. And they include gender identity or gender expression and sexual orientation into the bill past 59 to 50. Think about that. What is feeling intimidated or see, this is what is hate speech. You can't define it. It's basically because hate speech is based on an individual's intent. Now, There were some questions about this, but it does seem like it goes into the fact that if you, like, intimidate somebody, then that alone is a crime. That's the crime. It doesn't, because there was some question I saw last week about this when this had first come up, that if a person had misgendered somebody... And then committed a, like assaulted them while they were misgendering them. Then that would be that would be deemed um, that would be that would up the charge to a hate hate crime. But it wasn't until they actually committed another crime that they would be charged with the hate crime, which is usually how like hate crime legislation works. Like you have to like use the N word or the F word or any of these words um, before you you know assault somebody of that minority and then it would be considered a hate crime. But no, this just looks like it means that it will be punishable by five years in prison and a $10,000 fine if you feel terrorized or threatened. I, I think this is, honestly, I keep saying this. I thank God we have the Supreme Court that we have because this will... If it goes anywhere, it will get escalated to the Supreme Court and they will shoot it down. So thankfully, that's the case. But all right. Yeah, we've gone we've gone like 20 minutes over today. So thank you for everybody that stuck around. Thank you for joining me on the night before the 4th of July. I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. Enjoy your family. If you're around family, I am not around family, but we're going to be doing some stuff tomorrow. We're going to be uh, hanging out. Even as a libertarian, I support, um, you know, the system that we're in right now. I support the constitution. I support the founding. Actually, I love history. So our founding is amazing. Um, and so... Yeah, if you're if you're in the U.S., I know I do have some uh, some people from outside the U.S., but if you're in the U.S., I hope you enjoy your Fourth of July. Um, just don't blow any body parts off with fireworks or anything like that. Um, and yeah, make sure you go follow me across all social media platforms, and I will see you next time.